don't go. Don't tell me when to go. Okay. We're live. Are we live? Testing, testing. Are we live? We are live. <laughs> we are live. We have made it to episode three, guys. And Woo! we haven't killed ourselves wow. or anyone else. Check us out. All right. Check us out. So I mean, you know, we've been kind of keeping it kind of light. You know, our first episode was a little hey y'all, hey. Second episode was a little scratch of the surface of us all but today I feel like we're gonna be opening up some wounds and we might need a couple prayers and meditations and drinks I don't know which y'all maybe not a drink we're not alcoholics here but we're definitely about to go deep today right so the episode topic of today's podcast with the homegirls is living in our truths Dun, dun, dun. So the masks come off today, basically. Um, and basically, we're just going to be talking about some defining moments that have really shaped us today. Who we are. I mean, that's positive moments, negative moments, you know, some that we maybe not haven't even processed yet. I don't know. But that's what we're digging in today. So y'all buckle up. And you're ready for this ride. I'm ready. I'm not. <laughs> But I mean, who wants to go first? I mean, we all have clearly been through a ton of foolishness. We've all been through a ton of foolishness. Oh, help us. Help us. We have. So, I mean, you know. Any volunteers? Who's going first, guys? Volunteering is true. Who's going on the first roller coaster, huh? I'm going to nominate someone. I'm not going with Erica. I'm going to go with Erica. That's what I'm doing. She always says, Erica. It's always thoughtful and it's always it always sounds really nice. So we're gonna go with her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One of my one of my defining moments was um Hurricane Katrina. Um like this I I just it just shaped me like it's a part of the work the, the reason why I'm as strong as I am today. So like the news, I don't pay attention to the news because they tell you what they want to tell you. They don't tell you what's really going on at the place of that moment. So on the news, I thought, well, first off, I'm not from New Orleans. So everything, I I had just recently packed all my stuff from Atlanta and moved it to New Orleans, like everything that was at my mom's house. So I literally lost everything. But at the time, I thought that, you know, I thought that maybe I still had a place to come home to or something. And it's like that fear of the unknown. I don't wish that on anybody. Like to to actually watch the news and you don't know what you're going home to, if you're going home to anything, because New Orleans became my home at that time. So the fear of the unknown is something that a lot of people don't never have to experience in their life. And I don't wish it on anybody. But um, you know, I lost everything in Katrina and I lost people. I lost I lost everything materially, but I lost people. And so one thing they taught me is that I value relationships. I don't value, I, I value people and relationships. I don't value material things because of that. Because one thing I know is material things, they'll be here today and gone tomorrow and I won't miss it. But when you have loved ones that you lose, like multiple loved ones, when they, they, they're here today and gone tomorrow and it actually affects you. So I just try to cherish the people that are in my life and just, you know, make each moment last. Mm-hmm. I know I, I think all of our lives are pretty much turned upside down with Katrina like I didn't lose anybody like you know in a death or anything like that but literally my entire family was split um from Katrina like my mom right. 
worked at Xavier. Yeah, she had to stay. Like while we went to Dallas, she had to stay back like with the students back there. I mean, like on the bridge, walking them in the waters, like all type of foolishness. We waiting, to, like we didn't hear from her for days. Right. You know, like just kind of watching, <laughs> trying to see like what was going on. My mom, okay, I have two moms. Okay, <laughs> I have a biological mom. And then my stepmom, she's been in my life since I was like six. So if I say mom that worked at Xavier was Aghidra, if we're talking about, or I'll call her mom or, you know, whatever. But my, my, my biological mom, she ended up like relocating to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Like what the heck? So she lives in Albuquerque. <laughs> All of my other family is like in Texas somewhere. It's crazy. Like it's nutty. Don't laugh at me. Don't shame me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Katrina sucked. I don't know did y'all lose anybody in Katrina like like loved ones or whatever no no yeah we didn't lose anybody but it was just I remember that that moment when you know we all had to evacuate and things like that I was trying to party so I went to Atlanta and got stuck but you know not being able to get it I know I'm no judgment um not being able to get in touch with people yeah <laughs> no <laughs> but um yeah, not being able to get in touch with people was probably the scariest thing for me. Um, that's about it, though. Yeah. yeah. I think for us, it was just shitty because we lost everything. Like, our house. Yeah. And, um, lost his job. My mom was actually stuck in Florida with another hurricane coming because she was out of town with my aunt um, dealing with the loss of her son right before. So they took her out of town just to kind of get her away ended up getting stuck there so we had to well I was trying to have a hurricane party and my sister and I were going to stay until my mom was like no you're not staying thank god they didn't because I mean the levees broke across the canal and we lost neighbors like two of my neighbors died in their home um that we were very very close with like daughter I grew up with this lady used to babysit me I didn't know she died until like months later when we were able to go back home and um it was crazy because her daughter was looking for her, couldn't find her in the house. They went in the attic, couldn't find her. And where they found her was so crazy. It was just a lot of things that just happened where I just, I don't put, you know, much value into, you know, acquiring things. It's just more so like, you know, my relationships with people because that's all you had at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Erica, how did... Oh, sorry, Alex. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> now, I was, I was just going to ask her, how did it positively or negatively affect her? Um, well, you know, it, since that was, like, a defining moment. It positively affected me because, like, I don't know, I took a lot for granted. I was taking a lot for granted at time in my life, and it made me appreciate more things and value more things and just value things that I wasn't valuing at the time. Right, 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 right. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it probably had the same effect on all of us because I think I was just a party girl at the time <laughs> and just was trying to live my best life. Yeah, and I remember coming back after Katrina, just being so much more focused, coming back to school with only wanting to graduate and not really, you know, interested in the things I was before. That was like, that was where it left me. So I feel you. And then like, you know, like I went to UGA, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was a bigger school and they taught us as if we already know. So Mm -hmm. Xavier University, because they taught, they they, they had programs. So like pre-med and pre-farms, they have Mm -hmm. programs for you. Like Like you you weren't just a number. Yes. 
And it made me appreciate like that school and HBCUs, you know, because they they give you like they give you uh they have a layout of everything. And like at UGA, mm-hmm. you know, that no nothing against UGA, but I needed that guidance because I had gotten my degree in chemistry, and so like I need that guidance. And it just made me right. appreciate my school because I took Xavier for granted. I took a lot for granted, you know. I took mm-hmm. a lot, for granted. and just all mm-hmm. around, it just made me appreciate stuff. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's crazy. I know know one of my uh, defining moments, and this is Courtney, by the way. One of my defining (laughs) moments in life was when I found out that I was going to be a mom. And I know this is so cliche to say, but before that, I mean, I was just living my life just basic and normal. You know, every day, just go to work, come home, party, hang out, chill, go to work, come home. It was nothing else I had, you know, to do. The day that I found out that I was going to be a mom, I... It literally changed my way of thinking and everything. I remember I had one more semester of school left and I was telling my friends, like, you know, I don't think I'm going to do it because, you know, I'm pregnant. This, that, and my friends was like, if you don't get it together, and one of them actually enrolled me themselves, okay? <laughs> so I was working full time. I was working full time overnight, um, going to class in the morning and taking a nap, getting up and studying. And I felt like that defined me because... When I think about everything that I did while I was pregnant to graduate on time, I would have never thought that I would be able to do that. Like, I didn't never thought I would have the strength, the the motivation or anything to do all of that. And I done it. And then I actually did pretty well, not to be bragging, but I was on the dean's list my whole entire <laughs> Okay, so, you better. So, and I feel like that's why my daughter is so small. I mean, because I did not enjoy my pregnancy because the whole time I was studying. So I was using my brain to cells, her brain cells, and all the rest of the brain cells that I could <laughs> to get myself out of nursing school, okay, while I was pregnant. But I felt like that was one of my great defining moments. And because of that, it positively affected me because I felt like after that, after I conquered that, I felt like there was nothing that I couldn't do. Like, you couldn't tell me that I couldn't do anything after I did that. So, mm-hmm. shout out to, you know, my little baby and all that. No, like that's that's crazy. You said that, Courtney, because that's literally. Well, I have three defining moments. Okay, I'll just go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and relate with you on the on one of the three. It was me getting pregnant with Brayden. Um, right, I got pregnant with. Oh my gosh. Yeah, girl, look, let me tell you. <laughs> I was there. I was there when you found out. I, I mean, wow. Go ahead. Sorry. First of all, Brayden. <laughs> Brayden can take up a whole nother episode on the podcast, okay? right? Because that whole pregnancy <laughs> was an entire cluster. But um, I ended up finding out I was pregnant with him my second year of pharmacy school, and it's crazy because I had seen like a couple people like walking around on campus like pregnant, and I used to clown them. Oh, I used to clown. I'm like, look at look how tri- look how look how trifling. Now, mind you, I'm doing my own thing. Okay, I just ended up not getting <laughs> So I ended up getting pregnant with Brayden. I ended up um, getting kept finding back. out when. Wait, wait. How long was it? Excuse me. How far along? Okay, so they're trying to expose me. Okay. 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 All right. Let me let me bring it back since we're going there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was pregnant. You know what? You think that you think that you have two friends that you've done this with, but apparently, 
No, it's fine. Um, I found out I was pregnant with Brayden um, at 26 weeks. Yes, y'all are wondering, like, okay, what the hell? Like, how, how did you not know? Okay, I thought I was constipated. Okay, like, I was constipated. You constipated with a whole baby in your orders. Excuse me, excuse me. Let me, let me tell my, my truth. I'm living in our own truth. Let me, let me live in my truth, okay? So I thought I was, well, I was constipated, but every time I would go to the restroom, my little pudge would kind of go away. You know, I was still having cycles. You know, they were kind of light, but I was still having cycles. Okay, fine. So we were studying in DSM. I think we were studying vertigo. That's exactly what we were studying. Mm. And so I began to start passing out. I mean, literally like driving and then just like, okay, getting dizzy and like, you know, Blacking out, so I'm like, oh, God, I have vertigo. I have vertigo. That's what's going on here. Misdiagnosed <laughs> myself. Here I am 12 years later with a 12-year-old. So I end up yeah. finding out late, late, late. I'm surprised he didn't have some sort of fetal alcohol syndrome because I did not um, behave like I was pregnant. I had no idea. Like, And I was in college. Being a sorority girl, right. like, clowning, clowning. Uh, so, you know, yeah. ends up having Brayden, um, Ironically, after I've clowned so many other people walking around Xavier's campus uh, being pregnant, and then to humble myself even more, um, I sat out for two weeks after I had him. I was like, nope, I'm finishing school on time. Like, you know, I don't have time for this. Like, no, I'm not going to be that statistic, you know, school dropout. Like, I'm all the way in pharmacy school. Boom. So I sit out two weeks, and there's this real big class in pharmacy school called DSM. And I was taking DSM one that semester. And I had gotten a 69.45 in the class and the teacher said that a 69.5 was passing and she refused to give me the 69.5. <laughs> so I had to sit out an entire year and graduate an entire year later um, because of that or whatever. So not only did Brayden like give me, you know, like a reason to keep going and all that, but it humbled the straight heck out of me. Right. Like humbled me and really just got my mind right like girl you over here judging people when it takes a snap of the finger and you'll be right in the same position as the people that you were right and uh so yeah cool like shout out to us i mean i you you a beast because i wasn't doing all the things but i was right. when i got out of there that's <laughs> what i was on but yeah definitely one of my biggest moments i have several but you know we'll, we'll talk about the other two later give me give me a little minute to breathe uh chrissy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying these stories, girl. I feel like I'm like at a, on the talk show. I'm like, damn, that's real. I like that. Yeah, girl, um, help, me, help me, girl. Help me. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, let me help you, friend. Um, I think pretty much for me was like, honestly, like being 16 and pregnant. And um, at the time, my cousin, uh, who's two years older than me, she was pregnant. And I just remember how I like tore my family and pretty much like how I was like, oh my God, what is she going to do? Now she got to go to like another school. It was really bad. And I felt like, damn, here I am. I let, you know, like my family down. But I say it's a defining moment because, you know, people were just like, you're never going to finish high school. You're not going to get into college, things like that. So I kind of just use that as fuel to kind of just make sure like that I told myself that I'd never be a statistic and allow my child to be a statistic. So, I mean, I finished school, um, you know, and I graduated at the top of my high school, you know, got a partial scholarship to Xavier, not a full, because they don't give any damn money. Um, also, and then just what I instilled in my daughter, just to be, you know, self-sufficient, independent. And 
she exceeded every expectation that I had for her, which was amazing because, you know, you would think a child missing a parent would kind of have like that awkward, you know, miss and, oh, you know, they can't relate and they can't adapt to other situations with their peers, but she did excellent. And I mean, she's, you know, in college now, got a full scholarship. Yes, I did that. But, you know, it just makes me that, that, you know, she has one parent and this is what happened because a lot of people, when she went to, you know, her Lusha here, a lot of her friends' parents were kind of asked, like, you know, how do you do all this? And it's just you. And how do you, you know, make sure she stays on track? And it was just amazing to me that people really ask, you know, people that who aren't married because it's it's a little offensive. But at the same time, I kind of took pride in answering the fact that, like, we get shit done, period. And that's just it. So, and it just made me feel good just for her to hold herself accountable the way she does. So that's like a major defining moment because I was 16, I was pregnant. I had two jobs, which was hilarious because I worked at the movies and I was the manager at Afterthoughts in Lakeside, which I don't know why they would give a kid a manager position, but I was the manager. And I rarely asked my parents for, for any money for anything. My parents would only watch my daughter when I got to college, when I would need to go to the library. That was it. So kudos to my parents for that, for instilling those morals and values in me. And that's like my biggest defining moment. Like, yeah, you can't let people see you sweat, cry, none of that shit. You just got to kick ass and take names. And that's it. Uh And cheers to breaking that stereotype. Like having kids young. I was 21 when I had Brayden. You know, Cole, you were in school. Chrissy, you were what, 16? This is pharmacists, nurses, clinical researchers, business women right. speaking at this point. At this so, point. I mean, yes. if it's anybody sitting there with that little nugget in their uterus and you didn't plan for it to happen, and whatever, yeah. it's still doable. Right. You can still, Absolutely. like, you know what I'm saying? You can still achieve your dreams and it's going to be harder. Yep. And I feel you know, like, and some people, once they find out that they are pregnant, that maternal instinct kicks in and you become superwoman instantly. Yeah. You do things that you never thought you would be able to do. It just kicks in and overpowers everything. So just to piggyback on what Alice said, if you are pregnant, don't see that as a reason to where you can't accomplish anything that you had set before your pregnancy. Like you can still do that still yeah. do that and don't defeat. stop until you achieve those goals yeah, yeah. it's not Women. it may be a little harder it's, but it's, it's not impossible at all absolutely mm-hmm. and i am really I not a maternal person at all like anybody that found out i was pregnant bust out laughing because they're like how are you some, some, some person yeah. and i'm like I, I don't know like this child how you feed it like is he gonna want hugs? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was not that that you know maternal nurturing type chick either. But so if my little crazy behind could do it, <laughs> and it's still like anybody. Because like I, because like I didn't think I was like I didn't think I would have kids. Like I gave myself a goal. I said if I don't have kids by 30, I wasn't having kids. I was gonna be the auntie that spoiled everybody's children. So I got pregnant at 28. And, you know, I was scared, but at the end of the day, when you put your faith in God, like, you just have to do it wholeheartedly because God wouldn't give you more than you can bear. And you really have to believe that. And if you take care of your kids, God is going to take care of you. I've been in some crazy situations, hit rock bottom. And one thing I knew is I had to take care of my kids. I had to do that with my kids. And God has always made a way. And I just have, I just feel in my heart that it's because I'm a good mom and I put my kids first. And it's like, 
when you put your kids first and you care about them, you show them that love, you just believe that God got you, he's going to have you. And he's going to have your kids. And you, it's like, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I just feel like in my heart that a lot of situations I got out of because I take care of my kids and everything I do is for my kids. And God knows my heart. Wow. I have to agree with you there, Erica, because I remember my, my parents were on the brink of divorce because of me. Um, my mom, and I'm, I'm sure she'll be okay, I share this. My mom was going to force me to have an abortion at 16 because she felt that because I was the baby of the family, I was spoiled and things that I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to, you know, definitely do that, have a baby. So I remember when she told my dad that my dad was so upset and my dad said, how are you going to dictate her life for her and tell her what to do? It's her decision. And my dad was like, if she says that she's going to take care of that baby, that's what she wants to do. You give her that opportunity. You cannot force her. And I just remember my parents being at odds for months. My dad stopped talking to me. And if anybody know me, I'm a daddy's girl. I love my dad. Like that is my best friend. That's my homie. Oh, excuse my language. I always say my dad is the coolest nigga I know because he is. Um, he's yeah. just, he really is. He's so bomb. <laughs> he's so cool. He is. He so is. My dad not to talk to me. I was crushed. And my dad came home one day with Wendy's and green beans because that's all I ate with Jalen. And he said, you trust in God. He was like, God's going to see you through this. He was like, you're bigger than this. You're better than this. He was like, you're going you're gonna to shut everybody down and what they believe. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I did. And I, I mean, this sounds a little, you know, sociopathic and narcissistic, but everybody can kiss my ass because I did that. (laughs) She is phenomenal. Like my child goes to one of the most prestigious colleges, not universities, on a full scholarship. She's a Questbridge scholar. She is amazing. She is wonderful. She is so brilliant. Single mom. So uh, everybody who say, you know, single moms ain't shit. Uh, Hi, how are you? Sorry, that was just my little egotistical <laughs> moment, but I am proud of myself because everybody on this podcast can tell you, like, I love that child. She was, she was at school with me. Everybody had a role in her life who was on this podcast. So shout out to y'all too, because we did that shit. So, yes. <laughs> it takes a village. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> And that's the only thing that I miss about moving back to Atlanta because I know that if I was in New Orleans, all of our kids would be being raised together. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think about it a lot. Because like I remember little Trey and Chrissy's um your daughter, remember they were <laughs> remember oh they used to play together and I, I just know Yeah, well, you know, and I feel like <laughs> And all of our kids are around the same ages. You know, I just feel like sometimes I feel bad that they're not being raised, you know, around my friends. Yeah. Well, they'll be, they'll be the, they'll be, by the time I have children, y'all's kids will be graduating. Jayla will be having her own child. Point <laughs> out. Please Pop no, one no. out next year. Something, somebody send me something <laughs> my way. Started. Um. But, um, okay, so I guess I'm the last one. <laughs> and, you know, I really, I kind of had decided what I was going to talk about, but I'm just going to go ahead and, so we're, we're being, we're here to be real, right? Keep yeah. Real. That's part of our, yeah. okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. So 
if there's some hesitation in my voice to the listeners, please know that this is a, a very defining moment for me to speak on in my life that the homegirls on here, they know about, but not a lot of people know all the details to my um, most recent relationship. Um, go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off, Sade. <laughs> I was in a relationship okay. with a woman. I got it. <laughs> Thank you. Rip that off. <laughs> I, was in, I was in a relationship with um, a woman. I had never been into men. I, not men. I had never been into women before. Really? Tell us the truth now. To, shut up. <laughs> so, okay. So, everybody, this is Sade talking. So, let me go ahead and just put that out there so that y'all don't have rumors that y'all, you know, get down like that or whatever. But anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ended up being in a relationship with a woman about two and a half years ago. And I remember the day, like, I just remember when I initially told one of my family members, I was, you know, kind of told that I was demonic. I got called, you know, names. And I just kind of, like, took it lightly, like, whatever. And then I remember, you know, feeling like I'm just, everybody who knows me knows that I'm an open book. So I really don't hide too much. So just initially getting into the relationship, I told my closest friends, I told my immediate family. And of course, everyone thought I was like, maybe this is a phase, like whatever the case is, everybody had their own notions, but I knew what it was and what I felt. You know, I kind of started feeling like I had to defend myself. Like, oh, I haven't been gay all my life. And I, ain't, you know, which at the end of the day, I haven't, but I feel like everyone puts uh, labels on everything and puts people in a box. And until I actually entered that relationship, I, I I think I was one of those people that saw, you know, being a part of the LGBT community as very black and white. And it's really not. It's not black, white, yellow, green, red. It's a whole, it's the whole, all the extra colors in the, in the coloring box, you know, that special one that you buy. So it really is not as, as cut and dry as everyone thinks it is. So I remember the day, you know, I had been dating her for probably a good eight months and I decided like, I'm not about to hide this to the world. So and when I say the world, I'm talking about like Instagram, social media, because um, it's my life. So whatever. So I remember posting it on Instagram and I literally felt like I broke the Internet because people that I don't even talk to. And I know a lot of people. I think I'm cool with a lot of people. I don't have everybody ain't my friends, but I have people that were not on social media being called and asked, like, oh, my God, did you hear Sade was gay? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Was she looking at me? And let me just put oh. this out there. Oh, wait, let me, let me put time out. Let me, Sis, you know, don't that was being said, honey. I was putting out to let, let these hoochies know that, and whoever's listening, if you're listening and you know you asked somebody that, honey, I never looked or blinked an eye at your ass. Let's be very clear. Maybe, okay. maybe so, you man, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part, nah. Just but, kidding. Um, yeah, so. Just because she did women on me, she don't have no standards. She still got standards, okay? okay. Yeah, and I'm just, yeah, and, I, and I do have Beyonce. a type. Anywho, you're right. So, you know, so just hearing the reactions of people was kind of disheartening because it was almost like, you know, damn, like I matter that much to y'all. So it was kind of like, why are you so bothered and concerned with what I'm doing in my personal life? You know? Yeah. And um, so that happened. And I just, you know, it, it kind of brought me down for a little while because I just didn't understand why so many people were, um, you know, just just wanting to be involved in, in my business. But then the thing that really was defining to me for that was the um, when, my, when my family got involved. Um, 
you know, I had people in my family that were discussing my business behind my back and wanting to tell my grandmother I got uninvited to holidays and, you know, Christmas and things like that because of quote unquote, how I chose to live my life. And, you know, for me, everyone that knows me, they know who grandmommy is to me if they follow me on social media and for news to get back to my grandmother in the manner that it did. And then the things that were being said, I mean, I literally remember sending a mass text message to almost everyone in my family and I spazzed out. Right. It was about 50. It was about 50 plus people, (laughs) to be be clear. And I mean, I went on from everything in a book from y'all ain't Christians, you're judgmental, you're this and you're that, which at the end of the day, I still feel that way. I still feel that way. However, I just feel like people need to, you know, mind their own business and let people live and be happy. But um, so for me and anyone, y'all know me, I am very, you know, I'm kind of like I said, when I introduced myself, I'm a life of the party. Anytime I'm around my family and my friends, people can expect to have a good time around me. So from going from that to becoming essentially a black sheep amongst family and amongst my peers, it was a really dark moment for me because I kind of, I really thought that I didn't care about what people thought. We say that all the time. I don't care what nobody thinks. That's what people have to say about me. But when things really hit the fan, you realize that you do care. Your image Mm -hmm. and what you built yourself up to be. And at this point, I'm 30. I was 32, 33 at the time. My image Mm -hmm. was everything to me. You know, being a professional woman, viewed as classy, this and this and that. And unfortunately, people have their labels of what they put on people that are in you know, um, female, female relationship, lesbian relationship, whatever you want to call it. They have their own notions. And I felt like it was kind of taken away from me. So that was something that I battled with for the longest. And when I sit back and I think about it, I was battling with other people's issues with what I was doing. They had no, it it served no purpose at all to them. So for, I think I'm, I'm just now getting to the point to where I'm okay with it. But it's still a daily battle, even though I'm not in that relationship anymore. And that relationship in itself was a, a defining moment. I, you know, we talked about this kind of when we just when we had our last episode re- rediscovering our best selves. But, you know, I, I allowed a person to enter my life and kind of, you know, break me down to the point to where I wasn't even myself. I was unrecognizable to my friends and my family. So I was going through the dilemma of what people thought about me as well as the things that I'm finding in my relationship, but I'm fighting for a relationship that's toxic. So it was just a lot of battling that I was doing internally and trying to, at this point, save face and stay in a relationship because now I didn't out it myself. It was so much that I literally was in a depression, you know, and I didn't realize it until I started having the physical uh, aspects of it coming out, that having anxiety and all the panic attacks and stuff. And then I started realizing like, okay, you got to fix yourself. You got to pick yourself up out of this. And when I started, you know, realizing what the problems were, I had to, I had to learn to let certain things go, let other people's opinions of me go, whatever other people's expectations were of me, you know, whether it was to be in this profession or to be dating this person or dating a man in general, I had to let that go and learn to live for myself. Because I can continue, you know, kind of like coasting through life, living for other people and not being happy or standing up for myself. And so for me, a defining moment throughout all of that was just really standing up for myself and living in my truth. Meaning whether I'm dating a woman, y'all, whoever got a problem with it, just going to have to deal with it. 
that's and right. that's okay because I'm gonna love who I love. And if I decide I want to date a man tomorrow, y'all tune in because that's mm-hmm. my prerogative. That's right. And thank right. you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just put that out there. Courtney and Chrissy, like, really, I remember Courtney, you told me that one day. I think when I caught Courtney, y'all know she ain't on Instagram. So I remember calling her and saying, hey, before you get any phone calls, I have something to tell you. I have a girlfriend. And, you know, her reaction to me was, that's fine. I still love you. Blah, blah, blah. And if you decide to date a man tomorrow, I'm still going to love you. And that's something I don't even think I told you, Courtney, but that's something that stuck with me throughout the last two and a half years of my life because I really battled with that. Like, oh, what are people going to think? Oh, if I get out of this relationship, they're going to be saying, oh, what is my next partner going to say or whatever? So that was definitely, that. that's my truth, everyone. Yeah. So Let me just tell I'm you, in I'm a better place. I'm out of that toxic relationship. I know. Oh, thank you. I really so appreciate it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So transparency. Yeah, I love the transparency of that. You had to be a really brave person to put that out there. Completely. And I'm so glad that you did. And I mean, for all of our lesbian, gay, transgender, I mean, all, we love all of y'all. You know, we don't discriminate OG. over here at the home girls. Yes. You know, we don't we don't discriminate over here at the home girls podcast. Mom. We love all of y'all. Right. Everybody live oh, right. life. I mean, I have an, an immediate, you know, family member that is part of, you know, the LGBTQ community and I I will put my life on, on the line for them. And okay. it is what it is. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Anybody at the end of the day, people gotta realize yeah. that at the end of the day, no matter what, like a person is a person, regardless right. of who they date, that doesn't make them like if somebody decided to date someone who got a, out of jail, does that make you a felon? Right. Because right. you're dating. So, you know, like right. let people live and, and love how they want to love. And that's just re- really what right. it boils down to. I think the great Bobby Brown said a long time ago, it's my prerogative, <laughs> damn it. Okay. It is. Yep. You're right. It's prerogative. So yeah. Yeah. you're doing you happy. So, I support yeah. you. We support you. Girl, I already told you this don't work out with TJ, baby. I'm going to give me the baddest, most wealthy. Oh, shut up, Chrissy. <laughs> okay, and we're going to take over the world. This Chrissy, and I hate that. Okay, just playing, babe. But, <laughs> but no, Shadi, you hit on a really big point about, you know, not living for other people and, you know, basically finally choosing yourself because that. <laughs> leads up to yet another one of my dividing. Go moments. ahead, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> I have not talked about this subject either. So you kind of opened the floor for me because I don't like to talk about this because of all of the opinions that I'm sure have already been formed. But my divorce, mm-hmm. <laughs> my divorce was one of the biggest moments of introspection I think I've ever, or when I went, the, the process of the divorce, like it was one of my biggest moments of introspection I think I've ever had in my entire life, like my entire life. I was with somebody for 12 years. We were together for 12 years, father my kids, whatever, the relationship went south. But when I was trying to like figure out if I was going to stay or go, of course my children played a big part in that decision, but I really, this was like my first time refusing like to, like to continue to tolerate something that I know was less than what I deserved. Like I had always continued to just kind of hang out and deal with certain things because, you know, oh, they've been together for so long. Oh, they're such a power couple. No, he was a pharmacist or is a pharmacist too. You know, it's, you know, black love. Oh, it just looks so cool outside. You know, they have kids together, whatever. And this is no shade on him whatsoever, but 
the relationship just didn't work out. And there were certain things that I know I only stuck through because I didn't want people to judge me leaving my marriage or messing up the, you know, the picture perfect, you know, idea of the whole thing. And so I shared this with the homegirls today. Um, Toure Roberts did a, um, a sermon called Becoming a Producer. But, and it was about basically, you know, realizing what you have inside of you and, you know, making that come forth. But one of the biggest things he said, or that stuck with me rather, was that certain environments will keep you ignorant to who you are. Mm, right. And sometimes we'll choose to say yes. And by staying in that environment, you are completely like not giving yourself a chance to realize your potential, your worth, your identity, whatever. And that I can say that relationship was a situation where I didn't recognize who I was because I was censoring so many things about myself to make this person happy. And when I finally was like, you know what? No, this is not good for either one of us. I'm leaving. I left. And at first I felt guilty about it, you know, because like, you know, I had these kids. I'm like, man, I came from. Um, you know, my parents were, weren't together, you know, when I was a kid. So I'm like, man, I wanted my kids to have this X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, like choosing myself and my peace and right. the peace of, you know, for my kids over uh, an image that I wanted to uphold to the, I will never, ever, ever, ever think about rethinking that decision ever again in my life. It was literally one of the best things I could have done as far as recognizing who I was and how powerful I was and you know like deciding that no I deserve a certain kind of life and if this person is not going to give that to me and I'm not talking about materialistically emotionally you know spiritually if I'm not going to get that from this person I don't have to get it from another person but that doesn't mean I'm about to sit here and deal with right that's the real yeah right absolutely tolerating less than you deserve exactly and I mean just even in doing this podcast like I wouldn't even think about think about doing a podcast because I didn't think eh, nobody would listen to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I, I wasn't really made to feel like I was a really big force in my relationship. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to sit there and try to put myself out to the world. I'm like, hey, the person that loves me doesn't really think I'm that. Right. Yeah. You know, big Why would I try to put myself out there, um, you know, to even try to touch some other women in that capacity? But it was one of my darkest storms, but I remember sitting in my house praying like, Lord, please let me get to the point where I am thankful for this storm mm-hmm. and to be sitting on the other side of the storm, being thankful yeah. that I went to this. I've, I've ministered to so many girls that I didn't even know were married. I didn't know they went through divorces. I didn't know they went that. I didn't even know. Right. Um, but to be sitting on the side of that, Man, like I get full thanking God that I went through that. Of course, it sucked. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm thankful that you know from that storm, you know, so many other things have flourished. And yeah, so they like it's it's, it's easy to stick in something just because you don't want to mess up that image to the Mm -hmm. world. They come up with yeah. They don't always talk. Oh, people will talk. They will make up some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's been bold enough to come to me and ask me about it, and I think anyone yeah. that knows me knows that's a smart decision. <laughs> Same. I can only imagine, like, <laughs> I can only imagine, like, the rumors and stuff like that. Right. And you, you know, shame sometimes. It's like you don't want people to think 
you know, I've done this or I'm that kind of person or X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, you know your truth. God knows your truth. And if you're coming from a good place with it, and hey, after yeah. all, you know. Because right? my older sister, she's been, um, she's a lesbian. She's been a lesbian since I was probably like 11 years old. So I dealt with that when I was in middle school. You know, like she came, she came to pick me up. She's just like a, she dressed like a guy. And so, you know, one of my best friends, she went and told everybody, yeah, her sister, you know, talking about my sister and me and the girl got into a fight because I'm never going to disown my sister. Like, that's my sister. So, you Man. know. Right. You can't worry about the world, you know. <laughs> you can't worry about the world. Yeah. If people that really love you, they're going to accept you who you are no matter what. Yep, that's why I always say it's right. right. The real thing. Like, having strength for whatever it is, guys. Yeah. You know, whatever the course is, like, just give me strength for it because you already know, like, once you come out of that storm, like, you're never the same. Like, nobody can affect you that way. You're stronger. You know, you're durable. And you're just a better version of yourself. And your tolerance, and I always say your tolerance for BS is always at an all-time low after you've gone through something so detrimental like that. And I thank God for it because it lets you, you know, discern, like, what you're going to deal with. Or, you know, should I deal with this God or what do I deserve? And I always say, you know, the things that I've gone through, because there are several, but the things I've gone through, like, I thank God for that. Like, I needed that. Like, you rebuilt me into a, such a better person. Like, I couldn't have done that without going through what felt like hell at the time, you know, to get to this point. So mm-hmm. kudos to you, Alex. I mean, right. easy, especially, you know, when you want to be married and you want your family to work and you love a person and it's like, it's not working no matter what you do. And it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's really not me in this situation. And maybe I need to take myself out of the situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, twenty twenty. You know, when you're with somebody, it's like, is it that bad? Or right. you know, I can put up with this. And it's like, uh, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> do this <laughs> right yes. i'm good right rain check i'll take a rain check yeah i'm good right yeah yeah but, this, but you're right you're right and you're right alex it's it's yeah. definitely i feel like i remember and for me that was other than losing a job that was probably rock bottom for me just being in the pits you know and yeah. That goes back to that quote that I told y'all in the you know the first episode. It's just like when you feel like you're at rock bottom, you know that's how that builds the foundation for how you set up and see the rest of your life. So you know, for me, I can't ever let or allow anyone to come in my life and just completely flip it upside down and take me away from who I am as a person. A and B, I will never allow other people's opinions to guide me and how. I choose to live my life and what makes me happy. So knowing that now, uh, and it's crazy because I, I don't think I was even aware of it before I went through that. But knowing that now, I know I'm never letting that shit happen again. Excuse my okay. language to the, the non-cussing homegirls that's tuning in, but I'm just being real. I'm not letting it happen. Period. But you know what else is good to hear too? Like, Knowing that, I mean, because I know for a time, like all of us can sit there and be like, man, God, why, man? Like, mm-hmm. why are we dealing with this? Why are we dealing with Katrina? Why did I get pregnant at 16? Why? You know what I'm saying? Why did I get back? Why? But like to be at that point, like I said earlier, to really be thankful for this type of stuff, that's the point. If every woman could get to the point where they are thankful for the craziness and the BS that comes at them, you know, in Ooh. this life. 
it yeah. would be some unstoppable stuff going on with yeah. a lot of women in this world. Yeah, it would yeah. be. I, mean, I agree. The thing is, like, those types of, like, episodes, look, I'm looking at <laughs> those types of episodes. No, you're not. <laughs> those types of truths and uh, experiences, um, you know, they shape your mind. Right? Absolutely. What, you know, your what, what goes on in your heart, you know, may not necessarily be reflected in your mind. And sometimes it's external stuff that'll start making you think, I can't do this. You're not worth this. X, Y, Z. Your children ain't gonna listen to you. You you know, whatever the case may be, whatever type of demonic things that life tries to throw at you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get to the point where you can appreciate what you've gone through, negative or positive, man, mm-hmm. yeah. It'd be some unstoppable stuff going on. What y'all think? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I definitely. I agree. My biggest because, thing too. I'm sorry, E. Uh, I apologize. No, it's okay. My biggest thing was being pregnant with Chloe and not having that relationship work out and, you know, having it predicated on this is it, you know, you know, talking about getting married. This person asked my parents, you know, is it, can I marry this girl? And then for it to be, I mean, what it is, full transparency, a sham because they knew that's not what they wanted. I remember just being so depressed at the fact that I was like, nobody's going to marry me with two kids. Nobody's going to want to be with me. Nobody's going to love me. And that person even told me, like, you have two kids. Who's going to want you? And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was yours. But OK, I, I see. That's how you feel. I could have busted his tires out in my old age. You know, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, no, she said <laughs> not anymore. No, not anymore. We never had. We never have done that. <laughs> yeah, we, we never, never, we never have done, done that. that. I didn't say that. We we did that. We are stand-up citizens. Um, yes. No, but I mean, and and shout out to Shade for sure, and Courtney too, and Alex you too, and Erica you too. Shit, all y'all because everybody, everybody, all y'all honestly because I expressed <laughs> that to y'all one or more times. So, but I mean, here I am in a loving, healthy relationship you know, about to get married in less than a year, pray for me. And we have two beautiful children and it's just a blessing what God will bring you through and bring you to. So a message. Y'all do know this. Christy just finished saying, you know, she effed the world and effed everybody. And then the Lord, you see, you see how the, the hodgepodge of spirituality and the world Amen. filters through this group. It's amazing. It's an amazing gift. Y'all. I'm a work in progress. Okay. The Lord is working on me. My heart, I have a heart for Christ though. So that's the biggest thing. My yeah. heart, I have a heart for Christ. I have good intentions. Right. I love everybody, but I will not hesitate to beat your ass and then pray for you. Okay. Amen. So, right. Let's keep it up. And repent, and repent after. And, repent and I'm going to pray for you too, because you know you shouldn't have did that, right? You know you messed up. So come on, let's, let's, let's pray. Right. <laughs> no, right. That's real. What a great conversation, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it took a lot of courage to talk about some of that stuff. I ain't right. I mean, Oof. if we had five more hours, I probably could dig in. <laughs> oh, I would be spilling all the tea. Black tea, all green tea. Y'all just need to know enough to get through. That's what we're here for. We need you okay. all to get through. All right? That's it. We got you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, cheers to y'all for sharing with the world. Share with us, because some of that stuff I didn't even know about some of y'all. So, you know, cheers, guys. Yes. yes. Cheers. Yes. Love we it. We did it. We did it again. Episode yes. three. Hopefully we haven't yes, bored yes. you guys yet. 
We want you to come back to episode four and the many more to come yes, after that. Please. It's so, a good one. I mean, you know, yep. stay tuned. Hopefully we touched y'all and didn't shame ourselves too much. I mean, <laughs> not too much. Hey. Not too much. And if any of you y'all. guys that are listening want to reach out, if y'all have any questions or anything, you know, you may need some guidance on. We have mothers here. We have someone who, you know, has been down my walk of life and all that. You know, <laughs> if we can help you guys, just know that we will. Please reach out if you need to. Cheers. Cheers, homegirls. That concludes. That concludes <laughs> episode trace, guys. Bye, See y'all. y'all next week. All Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.